1: Welcome to another episode of Lock On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. How's everybody doing? Happy Friday to everybody. Uh, I hope everybody's had a good week. I know I had a good week since hockey is finally back on. Uh, I'm just going to continue just a little bit briefly about uh, my recap of, or first impressions, I guess, of the game that occurred on Wednesday. Now, as we all know by now, the Lightning beat the Panthers 5 nothing. Um, it's a pretty good performance right off the bat, I have to say. Um, Vasilevsky. on he wasn't really challenged though in that game as, as much as you know he did have a shutout regardless. I mean this any any type of shutout in a NHL game um, is still impressive, especially after all this time. but like I said on the past episode and just a few seconds ago, he wasn't he wasn't really in my opinion challenged that much. He wasn't. He didn't really have to make a lot of tough saves. Uh, but some of the things that we could take from this as positives and to see this team kind of improve upon is the power play. I thought Mikhail Sergachev leading the play, the, the power play, and being kind of the quarterback of that. Uh, I love it. I, lo- I want to see more of Sergachev on the power play leading that. But, of course, that's not really going to happen that more often since we're getting headbin back um, today. Actually, he's coming back today because uh, he was gone for a little bit because of uh, personal matters, uh, whatever that means. Hopefully, it wasn't anything crazy serious, but he's back. That's all that matters. And, yeah, uh, I'm excited to see how he is on that first-line pairing. I think it's going to be with Ruda. I think that we're... I'm I'm especially done with the Zach Bogosian experiment talk. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay Bogosian's performance or his level of play at all, but I still believe that, you know, Ruda deserves to be on the first line. And if you're going to change things up, just put Chernak up there with Hedman then. Um, I really don't think Bogosian is a first-line defenseman. Um, Hopefully, you know, the Lightning will agree and not do that. I'm not saying – I think he's more of a third or, you know, Probably a third, or even if they said roll out a fourth, he's definitely on that one. But we'll have to wait and see in that in that game against the Caps. Uh, and but the other thing that we could take from this uh, this exhibition game was Braden Point, of course. I mean, early Conn Smythe Award winner projected winner. Maybe if you want to, if you're kind of the gambling type, definitely put your money on Point, especially the Lightning play. Have a, have a deep run in the playoffs, which we all fully expect them to have, uh, especially after last year's debacle. But, um, yeah, Braden Point played absolutely incredible in this game. He had two goals in the first period. Um, you know, it's one of those things where we're excited with Point and how this team played overall, considering they were missing Hedman and Stamkos. But at the same time, they played the Panthers. The Panthers are a good team, but they were also missing some key guys. Uh, and it's just the first game. All these teams, both these teams, have played in four months. So, I, you, you, ha, you can't be overly excited about this. So you have to look at it with a grain of salt. See what the Lightning did well, what they didn't do well, and they they need to improve on this. You know, this game isn't going to be in anything if they go and lay an egg on Monday. So that's the thing to keep an eye out for. But we'll see how they do on Monday. I fully expect them to win that game. I would have to say maybe 3-2 or 4-2. I would like to maybe see Vazileski Vazileski play that game and then maybe have McElhenney start in the Bruins game on Wednesday. Uh, I'm curious as to see how Coop decides to maybe dish out the, the playing time for the goalies or maybe if he'll decide to do what some of the other teams did and kind of split the time between the two. Uh, Maybe have Vasilevsky take the first couple of periods and then McElhenney polish it off in the third. So we'll have to wait and see how they do. You know, they're still playing around with a lot of things. Um, But yeah, I'm super excited that hockey's back and I like the way this team played. Uh, Maybe ask me again uh, once we get a little bit more of a sample size by Wednesday. You know, they'll have had uh, three games under their belt by then, by Wednesday night, so... Yeah, and just a reminder that if you want to keep up to date on all the episodes and all future episodes that are coming out, uh, please subscribe and like this podcast. Uh, and if you want to keep up on all the news surrounding This podcast, you can go to Twitter at the Twitter page at LO underscore Lightning or my personal Twitter page at AP Danker, D-E-N-K-E-R. And if you want to reach out to the show, go to LockedOnLightning at gmail.com. And always remember that this show is available wherever podcasts are available. So go ahead and make sure to do that. Now, today we are going to have part two of my sit-down slash crossover with Griffin Youngs of Fansite i think a lot of people uh unless you know you're a fan of the team that eventually does get the number 1 uh overall pick is that you know we don't expect any team to really i guess tank in the playoffs because i mean they're in a a, a very good spot and with the nature of hockey, especially in the playoffs, you know, you could have very well, like I said before, you know, we could very well have a, a Montreal, Arizona Stanley cup finals or whatever, you know, something crazy like that
0: thing out right now.
1: Right. Absolutely. But the thing, yes, I mean the draft, the draft pick is ridiculous because what if, for example, a, a Pittsburgh or maybe a Toronto or even an Edmonton Oilers, let's say they get upset in the first round. Um, And, you know, a lot of the guys, a lot of the the prospects in this upcoming draft seem like they're going to be really good, sure things and good players for years to come and make an impact right away. Now, it would be very unfortunate, except for maybe Oilers fans, because this is the one team maybe that would probably could possibly become a dynasty after this, like a team like the Oilers getting the first overall pick. And then you have, you know, a top prospect being added to that team as well, alongside with. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, you know, that that's just something that you would probably see a, a, a super team for maybe the first time in 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 that way, you know, being made um, that that would be something that would be kind of boring, I guess, um, in the game of hockey of having a super team like that. Then again, who knows? Like I said, hockey is very it's not like the NBA where we're going to have the same matchup in the finals every every year. But, you know, that's the kind of thing where especially a lot of fans um, That are not fans of these teams. You know, I don't want to see the Penguins just for the sake of, you know, because they're already a very good team. Like you said, they could have been in the round robin. But, you know, if they do get the if they do fall and get the first overall pick, that would just be I don't think it would be good for the game of hockey.
0: Definitely not. Especially as the Penguins core, they're not done yet, but they're much closer to the end than the beginning. And for them to get Alexi Lafreniere would be infuriating. Yeah. And for them to get another star player before their group of Crosby and Malkin is even close to done yet. That, right. that would just not be fair at all. And in a normal season, that would never happen. Right. And the, the odds of that happening
1: at the beginning of this season would be zero. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's, that's, they kind of, I guess the league kind of set themselves up for that. Cause I think once everybody figured out that a playoff team had the potential to get the first overall pick, I don't think – I don't know about you, but I was not at all surprised when it actually did happen. I
0: was the least bit shocked. I <laughs> I, I could guarantee – I would have bet money that at least one of those top three picks was going to a playoff team. And the fact that it was number one did not shock me at all. If you if you set it up to go wrong, it will go wrong.
1: Right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, no matter of who the team is, unless it's maybe a team that was – got in because of the technicality of the, the setup of the brackets. I think that, you know, we're not going to have a lot of hockey fans. But, you know, just to kind of wind up the playoff talk, now what are some of your predictions, whether it's player-based or team-based, um, that you could see possibly happen, happening in the playoffs? I mean,
0: as for a Stanley Cup prediction, I think you really have to wait until the qualifying round is over before you can really make a proper – prediction because mm-hmm. I think you'd have just as much luck flipping a coin for each pick and deciding your Stanley Cup that way as you would right now. But mm-hmm. as for the qualifying round itself, I definitely have a couple of predictions. The one The one series I'm pretty convinced about, you know, and even though we just spent last couple of minutes complaining about what if the Penguins get the first pick, <laughs> I think they crush Montreal in the qualifying round. From what I've heard about the, the Penguins' mindset coming into this they're, they're ready to go. Crosby and Malkin, they seem to, they're going to have those guys ready to play even if this tournament was taking place on the moon. Mm-hmm. And Montreal like, doesn't even seem like they really want to be there that much. They had that those false positive tests from last week or so that I think kind of freaked them out a bit. And they're 24 out of 24. They're the worst team in this tournament. And they really fought the NHL when it came to this. So I'm not entirely sure everyone wants to be there
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I mean that's definitely not a good mindset for any team to be going into a playoffs I mean this is they they were given a gift to possibly make in an improbable run and you know especially going forward with that attitude and displaying it publicly it's not a good look not only for the players but for the front office and coaching staff as well I mean yeah I, I it looks like they brought up a a number of their prospects and they very much intend on them playing in the qualifying round, um, to test them out. Now the chances of them being Pittsburgh, like we said, I I think I have to agree with you that they're probably going to get steamrolled by Pittsburgh. Um, a game really. Wow. Now are we talking maybe a classic carry price shutout for that to be a possibility or.
0: The Habs, outside of Price, are still a decent team. They they take a ton of shots. They generate a ton of offense. They just don't have guys that can finish. Right. I think with the parity in the league and with everything being as crazy as it is, I can definitely give Montreal a game, maybe even game one, just to have that freak out at first. That would be fun for chaos and things like that. But overall in the series... Crosby and Malkin have torched Carey Price across their per- careers. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't see, barring something crazy, which you can't rule out. I mean, we're right. here, aren't we? Just barring anything super crazy, I don't really see how they do it. And I right. can't rule out the fact that there might be lingering – they're not going to tank, but the lingering thought of maybe getting Alexi Lafreniere, a, home, a homegrown Quebec kid with the first overall pick that you can build the team around for the next – Probably 15 years, I think that's going to linger in some of their minds as yeah. well.
1: On top of that, just the the bragging from from the Montreal Canadian fans would be insufferable at that point. Yes. You know, them saying, "Hey, we made the playoffs, but we also got the number one overall pick that year." Yep. Yeah, that'd be. So let's just go matchup by matchup. Um, now with the Toronto and the Blue Jackets, how are you liking that series?
0: I think that is. By far the most interesting series out of the first round, and I, every day it feels like I change my pick on it. Right now, I feel like I'm leaning towards Columbus, really, based on, based on just they're they're that team this year that has that us against the world mentality that always seems to carry at least one team farther than they should. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, it was Vegas; they went all the way to the final. Last year, it was the Islanders. They swept the Penguins in the first round. And now the Blue Jackets have kind of been that team that's defied all expectations and feel like it's the us-against-the-world mentality ever since Panarin and Bobrovsky left. Mm-hmm. And the Leafs just mentally have been a wreck this season. They should, mm-hmm. they should not be the eighth seed. The fact that they're beneath the Islanders and Hurricanes is pretty much a failure with this core. Yeah, Matthews,
1: Barner, right. Nylander, Riley taveras like you cannot be the eighth best team yeah i mean it was it was one of those things where um in their in their games against the lightning it looked like that and you know in granted um the last game these two game the last game these two teams played they caught the lightning at at a moment in the season where they were struggling with a lot of things um but yeah, it looked like that the Lightning were just—I mean, the the Toronto Maple Leafs were kind of playing down to the struggles of the that the Lightning were having. Um, you know, on paper, this this Toronto Maple Leafs team should be possibly a threat for the Presidents Trophy every year. Um, yeah, last but,
0: year they were third in the league last year.
1: Yeah, um, you know, do you think maybe it's just kind of a heavy is the crown sort of situation where they there may be just the pressure's too much and or do you think um, maybe it's just one of those things where it's not their moment yet I think over the last few years they've been screwed
0: by playing the Bruins in the first round <laughs> and have gotten this label as first round chokers but when you look back at their their first round series the last three years they played Washington the mm-hmm. president's trophy winners that season and it five of those six games went to overtime. The Leafs could have easily been up in that series three to nothing. Mm-hmm. And they were just Capitals were too skilled to lose at that point. Then they played the Bruins the next year and Bruins were one of the best teams in the league at that point again. And the Leafs just did not have a great showing in that one still managed to force a game seven against one of the better teams in the league. Last year they play the Bruins again and the Leafs, I really think, should have won that series. Like They were up 3-2 in that. They get the first goal in game six, and they just fell apart. They had them. They had them on their own home ice and just fell apart in those last two games. But that same Bruins team also went to game seven of the cup final. And if the Leafs mm-hmm. do win that series, maybe they go on to the cup final. Right. But when I look at this series against the Blue Jackets, the Leafs have to win. Yeah. And, but there, that also puts a lot of pressure on them. And this team, especially this regular season, has not responded very well to pressure. And yeah. the Blue Jackets with that us against the world mentality, it could not be more different mindsets coming into it. Yeah. The Leafs technically have home ice advantage. It's going to be played in Toronto right? with no fans, but in an arena they know, in a city they know. That right. also feel like might play into the hands of the Blue Jackets just with that we're on the road mentality. Right.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I look at all these teams coming out of the East, and I think the best matchup for the Lightning going, you know, just to come out of these round-robin games is the Leafs. You know, they, they kind of have similar, similar playing styles. Uh, they match up pretty well in terms of physicality with this team. Uh, and, you know, the Leafs, like you just said, tend to get down on themselves relatively easy. Uh, They, they, it doesn't take much for them to fall into some of the mistakes that are, you know, you would commonly see from a, maybe a middle of the, the, the conference uh, team. Now, uh, what about that? That Islanders Panthers series. Now I've said that that's just a toss up. I think like the Islanders are kind of some of, they've kind of been some of those Jekyll and Hyde teams the last couple of years where they could relatively, you know, easily sweep this series, but also get swept at the same time. I 100% agree with that.
0: This is the I, this is the series I think has received the least attention out of all of them, but I think it's going to be the series that turns out to be one of the best. The yeah. Panthers, they're going to go as far as Sergei Bobrovsky takes them. Mm-hmm. He was terrible this season, and he needs to make up for it here. And I would say there is not a player with more pressure on him than Bobrovsky right now. Mm -hmm. And as for the Islanders, they lost seven in a row going into the break, if I remember right. Yeah. And they just see that mystique of that us against the world mentality, that kind of myth that they built for themselves kind of seemed to go away. It kind of seemed like Mm -hmm. you figured them out. And if there is going to be one series where no fans is an advantage, it's going to be this one. <laughs> and that's not not a shot at the Panthers fans. It's actually more of how rowdy the Islanders fans are in the Coliseum. A lot of the Islanders game is being based off the crowd. Right. It's to pump up the crowd, just those greasy goals to get their crowd pumped up or in an away building where they just completely silence the building. Yeah. And maybe the Panthers will have a bit of an advantage playing in a much –
1: quieter arena, much like they're used to. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't remember which player said it um, on the team. I believe it was from the Panthers, but they said, you know, we it's really not going to be a big difference playing in front of no fans. I'm kind of used to it. Exactly. Um, um, but uh, yeah, the, the Islanders are going to need to definitely figure out ways to kind of get to Bobowski early. Um, they can't just rely on Peugeot and, and Barzal to kind of carry this team, as well as I believe they also picked up Andy Green at some at the trade deadline as well. So they kind of bolstered their defense a little bit. Now moving on to Carolina, New York. I think this is one of the most intriguing series uh, on the Eastern Conference, just because we're talking about kind of a a team. If you remember correctly, the Canes were one of the team, including the Lightning that actually voted against the current format when it was proposed. Um, Some would say maybe just because they knew that they would be set up with the the Rangers who it's no secret to any hockey fan. The Rangers have owned the Canes this entire year um, as well as kind of embarrassing them in that trade deadline trade that sent Brady Shea to Carolina. Um, I think this is the team um, and New York is definitely one of the teams that, if I had to pick one team, uh, you know, maybe f- a couple of teams from the Eastern Conference who I don't want to play, especially early on, uh, New York is number one on that list just because of how dynamic of a team they are, how energized they are coming out of the gate of every game this year. Uh, they have one of the best players in our time, a Panarin, in the league, as well as, you know, a three-headed monster in goal who we're not entirely sure. I don't think they're entirely sure yet who's going to be playing in that um, I think that the Rangers win this maybe in four, possibly five. Um, I can't see a scenario with everything that's been going on with the Canes this year with some of their struggles uh, where they, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible, but, you know, the likelihood of them winning the series, especially against a team that's already in their head. um, I don't see really that high of a likelihood of them winning. What about what do you think? I tend to disagree a bit with that.
0: My my prediction that I have here is I have the Hurricanes winning this series in five, but I do have this as probably one of the most exciting series of the first round. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes, they're a very deep team. They've been missing Dougie Hamilton, who probably would have gotten Norris consideration if mm-hmm. he was injured in January. They're going to be getting him back, and as... I. As as a Capitals fan, I saw what happened with the Hurricanes in that playoff series last year. We'd mm-hmm. swept the Hurricanes in the regular season, and we had no business losing to them. But they found a way to shut down our offense and put doubts in our head. And with the Rangers, I feel like they've built up this mystique over the last few weeks of the season, especially stemming from that five-goal game from Zabanajad, And... The Rangers' defense is not very good. It's Mm -hmm. really, I analytically, I think it's really only better than Detroit's. Mm -hmm. And Lundquist across his career has been a cane killer, but there just seems to be a bit of a disconnect with the Rangers' coaching right now, especially since New Jersey just hired their defensive coach. And I'm not. A lot of Rangers fans I know aren't sold on David Quinn yet. Well, mm-hmm. I think the Hurricanes with Rod Brindamore will be buying in, especially when it comes to playoffs. their the Hurricanes are just deeper. I think they're a bit better coached. And the Rangers' momentum from the end of the, the regular season is just not going to carry over four months right. later. But the one advantage the Rangers do have is what you said earlier with Artemi Panarin and, and Mika Zibanejad and that lethal offense. Because even in that playoff series last year against the the Hurricanes and Capitals, Peter Morazic was not very good outside of maybe two or so games. He got torched a couple times. And if the Rangers can get to him, they will win this series, especially if Panarin and Zibanejad are at their best and carry over from where they left off.
1: But I would lean Hurricanes in five right now. I mean, I think that's – you know not. I think that is a fair – prediction um you know like you you I think I I'm 10 after hearing your case I I tend to I'm I'm leaning towards agreeing with you um like I said before with the high energy play that the like uh that the the Rangers come out with I think that kind of goes hand in hand with like you said the mystique that they've built up all year um and maybe you know since now with this long layoff the Canes are looking at New York like if you know, as as long as we play the game we know we're capable of, and especially with Dougie Hamilton back, um, you know, screw screw your your this energy and this mystique, you know, what happened months ago happened months ago. We're in the middle of uh you know, we're we're late July, early August now. Like that doesn't mean anything right now. Um, but yeah, as to echo what you said, goaltending means everything in the playoffs, you know. So I think that, you know, for all we know, if the Rangers choose to put in Lundqvist uh, or Sesterkin or even Yorgiev, I mean, if they come back, come out and, you know, crap the bed, you know, they, they could look at maybe being down 2-0 right away. Uh, now, looking real quick at the Western Conference, uh, what are some of your favorite teams that you could possibly see, especially from the qualifying? Like you said, you know, we still have no idea how seating is going to turn out with the round robin. But what are some of the teams that you're looking to possibly see make a deep run, possibly make it all the way to the the cup finals? I've been looking a bit at the avalanche to
0: make a bit of a run. I know that's probably the consensus pick right now, but mm-hmm. I wasn't entirely sold on them coming into the pause, but they were a team I was following very closely and going on a bit of a run, not representing the West in the Stanley Cup, but. From what I've been hearing, it seems like they kind of have the same mindset as the Penguins right now, and they're getting ready to go and buying all in, and they're going to be completely healthy, which they, frankly, were not all year. It seems like Rantanen was out from day one, and then when he got back, it was either Landeskog hurt, or their whole depth was hurt, and then once they got healthy again, Rantanen was hurt again, and now they're going to be healthy, barring Kale McCarr, obviously, Mm -hmm. but They seem to be the consensus team right now. I would not at all be surprised if they go to the final and win the whole thing. Obviously, you have to look at Edmonton as well with McDavid and Drysada. You cannot possibly look past them, especially one thing I've heard recently is that McDavid might not have been even close to his best all year long, especially Mm -hmm. after that rehab. And now he's got an extra four months to rest and he could even turn it on to another level than what we saw this season
1: yeah I totally agree with you with that that entire statement I mean I don't know if you saw the video from some of the training camps uh, especially that Edmonton's been having but McDavid it looked like you know when you thought he was one of the fastest players in the league it it, kind of turned it up to another level and it's it's scary to see a guy that caliber get even better it's, yes. it's so strange to
0: think that McDavid is still young and that he's not even near his prime yet. That yeah. is a terrifying thought.
1: And then coupled with Leon Drysaddle and the season he's had, it's, <laughs> it's an unbelievable team that they got out there in Edmonton. And, you know, if I was speaking on my show that out of all the teams that I don't want to see out of the Western Conference, because granted, the Lightning still have to win – a, b- a couple of series here and there in in the Eastern Conference. You know they still have to worry about teams like Boston. They still have to worry possibly about you know your Flyers uh, about the Flyers and your Capitals. Um, but you know looking at the Western Conference, I mean, if I had to pick between Edmonton and Colorado, I'm picking Colorado. I would agree with that. Um, you know, there's it's actually it's actually incredible that the Oilers, like you said, just with the Penguins, that they're not one of the the round robin teams. Um, and they certainly perform to the level, almost the same level as, as these teams, but only probably separated by maybe a few points here and there. So now just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, I want to get maybe some of your, predict- your prediction for how the Lightning might fare. And, you know, don't worry if you're not picking them going to be, you know, the win the whole thing, you know. Um, I, I'm still a little bit on the fence realistically about how good their chances are to win this. Uh, win the cup, you know. We still don't know how Stamkos is going to play, and we still don't know how maybe some of the other guys that have been coming back from injury, you know, how rusty are they really are. You know, they kind of played sloppy in their scrimmage the other day, but granted, that's just a scrimmage. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, if I'm going to be realistically, uh, you know, f- upfront about this, I think the Lightning have a very good chance of making it to the conference finals, probably having a date with Boston. Now, do you see maybe something along the lines of that or something completely different?
0: Well, before the regular season paused, I had Tampa winning the Stanley Cup. And that that would have been my pick for the third year in a row. I picked Tampa (laughs) in 2018. I picked them in 2019. And just based on the motivational factor of how they lost last year, I was going to pick them again this year. And I would like to stick with that a bit, but again, like I said earlier, you got to throw everything from the regular season out. The Lightning, in my opinion, are the best team in the league. And I'm not just saying that to pander, <laughs> but in my opinion, they are the best team in the league. They got off to that slow start, which I think was a hangover from that Columbus series. I've seen it happen before, especially after the Capitals lost to the Penguins those couple times. And From what I remember, they got 45 out of 50 points during that hot stretch down in the year. Yes. And when Tampa is at their best, I don't really think there's a team that can beat them. But the thing is, are they going to be at their best? If I had to make a prediction for Tampa Bay, if I have to make a Stanley Cup prediction right now, I might as well stick to what I had at the end of the regular season and say the lightning are going to make it, especially since they're not in the qualifying round mm-hmm.
1: and they're going to have that chance to warm up. That's I think that's a pretty, you know, I think you just made a lot of locked on lightning fans extremely excited and enthusiastic about that prediction. You know, I, I'm kind of the person that in my heart of hearts, I do believe that this te- we do have the team, to win it this year. And they had the team last year as well. It's just about going out there and doing, doing your job and playing to the level that everyone is fully capable. And we've seen all year um, playing to. Um, so we're just going to have to wait to see how they go in the first exhibition game, as well as, you know, the round Robins, and then maybe we could get a gauge on how everybody's going to be, especially the lightning. Um, hopefully they, you know, they, they do everything they're supposed to do and, you know, we don't see many, many of the mistakes that they were play that were plaguing them all year long. So Griffin, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate coming on maybe in a month or so when we're kind of winding down the playoffs, we'll have you back on and we'll we'll see how, how you fared with those predictions. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And this has been a blast. Hey, have a good one and good luck to your capitals as well and to the Lightning. And thank you to Griffin Youngs of fansided.com. Go ahead and check out his articles. Very knowledgeable if you want to not only hear so, see some more writing on the Lightning, uh, but also as well as the rest of the NHL. He, he does it all for the NHL on, on fansided. So go check him out. Um, and yeah, uh, super excited for that, like I said earlier in the show, that matchup that the Lightning will be having, their first, I guess meaningful game of since March. Uh, they'll be facing off against the Capitals. I believe it's a three thirty start. Um, don't expect it to be like a crazy game. I think the Lightning are going to come out on top. Either about four, four two, three two, probably in that range. Uh, it's probably going to be a close game. Um, if the Lightning somehow blow the doors off the Caps too, I'd be a little bit concerned because then that means they're not. They really, you know, they have two tough opponents coming up, and that's Boston and Philadelphia and. I want to see the Lightning be challenged in these round-robin games so that we could kind of get a gauge on how they're doing uh, in all types of situations going into the actual games once they find a seating and an opponent. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I'll talk to you in the next one.